0: This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathard.
1: Stop embarrassing yourselves in front of the rest of us. They make the squad look positively reasonable
0: uh, in, in this situation.
2: It is day one of the 188th Congress and House Republicans now are on the verge of becoming a total clown show if they're not careful. But despite on. the cheering and the elation from Democrats and the mob and the media, it's not a dire situation yet. So, I wanted to offer you something positive here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri regarding what's happening with the Republican Party in Washington, D.C. I wanted to offer something positive, so I went to Fox News. <laughs> that, uh, that's Fox News, man. Uh, that is Sean Hannity, who, by the way, is here today from 2 to 4 on the radio station. Sean Hannity saying this is a clown show, and they're not done yet. You've got Judge Jeannie Puro. Uh, Judge Jeannie saying uh what did she say you No, know,
1: it's time to get together as a party and stop embarrassing yourselves stop in front of the rest of us it's,
2: it's democracy though it's chaos chaos is democracy right
1: it is i mean i'm i'm a fan of of a little bit of chaos there is a a little bit of chaos and
2: speaking <laughs> of uh, chaos what happened to Ash? can we talk about the ashland board of alderman well, uh, oh, by, so bottom line Three votes yesterday, historic, nothing doing. 11 o'clock, our time today. So Gary Nolan's going to be on air when this is going on. Uh, And he did a great job of covering this yesterday, but you want to be on it, finds out what happens with these uh, votes. Starts today. They're going to start voting again. 11 o'clock, our time. That'll be during the Gary Nolan show. Chaos equals democracy. Democracy equals chaos. What happened in Ashland uh, last night?
1: Well, according to some news outlets, the discussion got a bit heated which I would not call what happened last night heated, Uh, but it was uh, spirited. Uh, There was debate, Um, and I do think, I think when you show up to, especially a lot of local meetings, school board meetings, all of the discussions have happened in the background. Everybody knows how everyone's going to vote. You get there, I, 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 meetings adjourned, and everyone's like, "What what what was that about? Like, what did we just vote on? You know and and there I would say, for the most part, we tend to agree in Ashland, so we do have a lot of just like okay, wrote things that we that we get done, and Shit. we don 't have six hour meetings like the city of Columbia or the city of Jefferson City, so it was. It was a short meeting. So when you meeting.
2: vote on something, how many times do you vote on <laughs> <Yeah>, it? <right? laughs>
1: there are procedural requirements, sure, but I yeah. Have. So I, I mean, so there was a video posted on social media, and that hit, uh, uh, you know, last week, saying, you know, we uh, the police <coughs> have some staffing issues. We've obviously got some other funding issues. That's nothing new. In a growing community, that's largely a sure. bedroom community, there are limited ways for us to fund our government, and that obviously stirs some some folks up. You know, with me being a, a low tax uh, conservative. Uh, it's hard for me to, you know, uh, vote for any sort of increases, especially, and that's that's what you you know heard in the media is me saying I don't think it's the right time to you know burden people with a huge additional tax. Yeah. And so you know, do you do an impact fee? Do you do a sales tax? Do you do you know even they were talking about property tax, which I think is ridiculous. Um, you know, so we were we were debating on you know what's the best path forward. How do we get the citizens what they want? Um, without, you know, overburdening our town and being, and being and Ashland already has high taxes and that's really not Ashland's fault. It's really Boone County, the school's fault. Um, but, you know, you also don't want a reputation as one of the higher tax cities. So nice. balancing all of these things creates tough conversations, but I'm very glad that we can have those tough conversations in public, and if you wanted, I mean, you could, you could, you knew where everyone was last night, but I think also the takeaway from yesterday was just an overwhelming support for law enforcement and our NAPD and get, trying to find a way to get them the, the resources that they need and support. Um, we have a lot of experienced officers, a lot of folks who have been, um, been overworked, honestly, yeah. And, yeah. and finding a solution for them, I think, is one of our, is you know, the highest priority now.
2: My sister's the chief of police in a town smaller. Than Ashland, even and very small, but it, it, it's um, it could be a real challenge. I want to highlight so, this is from uh, by the way, we're going to hear from another local city councilman talking about another tax this tax on the recreational weed, but this is from last night's Ashland uh, Board of Aldermen meeting.
1: People are hurting right now, and so I get to pile the tax on citizens' tax. It's a hard to
2: swallow. That's older woman Stephanie Bell. And I'm sorry the audio is bad, but when I'm standing, I'm on my cell phone. I'm, like, at the back of the room, so the audio is not the best.
1: So uh- the conversation was, should we add an additional half a cent tax or go for a full cent? And I think I think I will be outvoted. I think a lot of folks want just take, you know, go ahead and do the full cent. Obviously, it has to go to the voters. I think it should be half a cent, but
3: full send
1: for full send, right? right we'll see that <laughs> no, vote will happen at the next meeting
3: you know the um
0: when we had the missing teen in ashland um and thank goodness she's been found and is uh, <clears throat> has been reunited with her family but i did talk to chief um gabe edwards a couple times and they were they were working that case 24 7 and there were times when he had and i'm not going to tell you where he went but he was in other counties he had to actually go to other places with his officers you know, and that exemplifies the importance of there. And they they were doing the best they could, but that was a. That kind of exemplifies why they probably need more help. And that's why the FBI had to come in to help them too.
1: Yeah. And I think when we look at the history and some of the other taxes that have been voted down in Ashland, oftentimes it's been kind of a blank check. And I think what the city's looking at now is, you know, the language I saw last night said a sales tax for public use and street repairs, or not public, public safety and street repairs. And so I think also, you know, finding a way to limit the use of that fund, you know, letting citizens know, hey, we need this extra money, but it's not a blank check for, you know, whatever it might be. It's, you know, dedicating it to the things that we know we need, you know, police and street repairs. Hannah,
2: did you see, did you see the text? From Stuart eight seven four Oh boy! <laughs> so for years, little, uh, but this is this show. This is Wake Up Mid Missouri, and we are on ninety three nine the Eagle and one zero four five News Radio nine fifty KWOS. We're on the 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 YouTube. Just go to our YouTube channel. <laughs>
3: Wake up, Mid
2: Missouri. Uh, you know, you we're online. You can go to kwos.com, 939 com. You can listen on live no matter where you are in the world. What become, it was becoming more and more popular. I am stunned at the number of people that are listening on. They're downloading the app on their smartphone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard from a couple of guys, one of Emery Sapp and Sons, mm-hmm. large local construction company here in Mid Missouri. And it was chatting with a guy, and he's like, oh, I listen to you guys in my back pocket. I'm like, mm. What? <laughs> this dude walks around doing his f- whatever it is he does. Huh? With the app on, in the, his phone in his back pocket. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. So, that's who we are. Uh, this is Brian Housworth. He is the news director for the entire uh, Zimmers.
0: Good to see you, and uh, happy birthday to you, sir. Oh, thank
2: you. Yes. Uh, this is Stephanie Bell. She's an older woman. She's a high-powered attorney. She travels the world, hanging out with very important people, and she's kind enough to come here and hang out with us for a few hours.
1: And I enjoy can. a heated discussion every now and then. <laughs> I want to I get back to
2: a, one of the n- local news outlets. I don't know if you Seen this yet, uh, John? But I thought it was. I saw it before I even talked to Stephanie about. Hmm, that's kind of interesting. John Marsh is also uh, part of Wake Up Mid Missouri. John Marsh been practicing journalism. You know, you keep practicing, John. One day you might get good enough.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Never know. (laughs) Isn't that (laughs) Stephanie? I had a quick question about what's the chief in the Ashland Police Department saying about what would be ideal staffing for them in the community?
1: Really they want, you know, full uh, shifts, all, you know, 24 seven coverage. And they really want to be able to have two officers on at all time. That way, you know, if one person's somewhere, but also to have a backup, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's just, it's safer to have two officers on at all time, and right now, with the current staffing levels we're not we're not able to do that
2: and that's things well, it's a small town, nothing ever happens and you can say largely it's true a couple of things number one, Ashland is booming, they have been for a while the other thing uh and then there are those times. Yeah, stuff does happen. Whether you need more than and one response on a certain call, or it could just be you know a weird Sunday, and all of a sudden the stuff is hitting the fan. Boone County's not able to necessarily assist, and it's law enforcement. It is our our uh, our safety. So this is John Marsh, uh, thirty years been practicing journalism uh, here in Mid Missouri, uh, and my name is Brandon Rathert. That's producer Hannah. Producer Hannah's a twenty-two year old college grad from Mizzou. She's got a degree in Broadcast journalism,
3: Uh, agriculture,
2: close. Close. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She's getting married on uh, uh,
3: no in October.
2: (laughs) I know because I have uh, I have a reminder right here in the uh, studio. She also does what's hot with Anna. Which is coming up a few minutes from now. And uh, my name is Brandon Rather And even though I don't drink, I have barstool knowledge of politics, but a lot of opinions on what I do. Uh,
1: <laughs> and today we're celebrating your birthday. Yeah. Happy yeah. birthday, yeah. Brandon! Happy birthday! I
2: appreciate that, man. Happy I birthday! Appreciate your uh, appreciate your thoughts. Oh, I'm going to get sidetracked here, but please remind me.
3: This, wow, that never happens.
2: This uh, well, because I want to uh, uh, the weed tax. Uh, in one of our local mid-Missouri cities. Uh, Stephanie turned me on to this AI thing that will generate articles and <laughs> papers for you. You're man. so
3: excited about this.
2: Last night, man, it's like 8 o'clock. It's past my bedtime, and I'm on this thing, create this, create that. And I want to, th- I got to text Stephanie. This thing is so cool. And I'm like, oh, Stephanie's doing important politicking. She's creating policy for a growing city in mid Missouri. I better not just text her and say, hey,
1: I'm a <laughs> with this.
3: Now, have you told Governor Parson that your entire speech for tomorrow morning? Prayer breakfast is Uh-oh. AI generated. No, that's
0: why I started doing this, man. Because <laughs> and I've got. And he's some... even texted me last <laughs> night, like almost nine o'clock. Hey, did you get on this? And try <laughs> you tried this yet,
3: John? Wake up! You got almost nine out. o'clock, man. That's like the middle of the night for him.
2: So I did. I started. I said, write a three-minute speech about prayer.
1: Oh my gosh.
2: And it's pretty You are good. never
1: going to get Wait, invited back to I know. speak at you anything. You actually did it? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. was
3: just kidding.
0: No. That's why I started doing the whole thing. Oh. We thought you were going to use the old Gary Pinkle take an 18 prayer thing. Or something. <laughs> I said write a three minute speech about prayer. And it writes for me within like
2: 30 seconds. And it's not a search engine thing. It writes it. You can hear writing for you. Prayer is a powerful tool that allows us to communicate with the higher power, whatever that might be for that individual. So I thought that was really cool. So then I start playing around with it some more. I'm like, okay, tell me about the Speaker of the House. How does this whole thing work? (laughs) And I don't know that it got it right. I thought there was a mistake on there.
1: Yeah, it does talk about voting by secret ballot, which they kind of do take a poll in the fall, but that's not how the voting actually occurs.
2: Uh, And then I wrote, uh, I asked it to... uh, uh, write a letter to break up with my uh, with a girlfriend. I don't have a girlfriend, but and it wrote a pretty we good know. letter. Right. That's why. Uh, <laughs> and then I wrote another one, but first, let me do this. <laughs> Recreational weed in Jefferson City. It's got to be taxed. John, what's the story on this?
0: Council last night okayed their 3% retail sales tax proposal. If you're in Jefferson City proper, you will see that on the spring municipal ballot. And that would be in addition to the 6% state tax. So. A lot of communities looking very seriously at that additional three percent retail sales tax on recreational marijuana. The voters will get the vote on it, at least in Jefferson City. Yeah.
2: So Stephanie's lower taxes. City Councilman in Jefferson City, Ron Fitzwater, is no, he doesn't take an opposite tax. Is a matter of fact, and I wanted to highlight what he said because he brings up a very good point. Nobody wants more taxes. As a matter of fact, I wonder how many other states in the United States have lower income tax this year besides Missouri wonder how many other states can say that right um ron fitzwater brings up a good point about taxing the recreational weed
0: we are going to have increased costs here for enforcement so that whether the tax passes or not city's going to have have additional expenses yeah we
2: have to you know got to do something all right uh and then the other thing i want to share so so, as introducing Stephanie and and Hannah, there's been this fun thing. Uh, Stephanie's an Ashland uh, uh, resident. Hannah's born, raised Centralia, played uh, basketball. and it was a standout for the Lady uh, Panther basketball team.
3: A uh, standout for the bench, maybe.
2: <laughs> uh, so, there's this battle because for the longest time, Centralia was the second largest city in the in Boone County.
3: Not anymore.
2: Not anymore.
3: According to some reports.
2: So, we're talking about taxes. Stuart's got an interesting text directed at Hannah.
3: <laughs> so, Steph er, Stewart texted and said, I bet Centralia has low taxes. <laughs> no, actually,
1: Centralia sales taxes, I think the highest in mid-Missouri. I, and that was the research that I did. And I was like, what are, what are these other small communities doing? And Centralia, I think, hits like 10 or 9. I mean, you're higher than Columbia.
2: All right. Quit
0: it, ladies.
3: I live in <laughs> California. I just... <laughs> I'm not up to date with Centralia sales taxes, unfortunately.
1: John
0: Rathart, you're the one who poked them both with a stick. I know. What?
2: Can you pass me the popcorn, please? Here we go. And I <laughs>
1: said last night, let's not be like Centralia and have this
2: super <laughs> high tax.
3: Uh, <laughs> I shouldn't. not
2: say All that right, that come on. We are going to do what's hot with Hannah. Is uh, something interesting happening in the news. You able to come up with something oh. for us?
3: <laughs> Let me pull this knife out of my back. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. 7.25-ish, time for... Wait, 7.25-ish, which means it's...
3: It's 7.27. Time
2: for What's Hot with Hannah.
3: There's a familiar name kind of making headlines right now that those of us here in mid-Missouri might recognize.
2: And it's a former Mizzou player.
3: Yeah, Blaine Gabbert. Oh, yeah! So he was a quarterback for Mizzou football. Um, He left in 2010, 2011-ish. But he's currently playing for the Buccaneers, and he was on a little little uh, jet ski trip and witnessed a helicopter crash, essentially. And him and his brothers rushed to the rescue, saved three lives from the helicopter crash, got them back to shore where the fire department was waiting and they're basically being hailed as heroes Blaine Gabbert and his brothers, man, for saving three lives. Blaine
2: Gabbert, former Mizzou quarterback, and then, so I guess this happened in Tampa area. They're out just chilling out. Helicopter crash, it saved everybody's lives. Like quarterbacks are so cool. Well, What <laughs> is? <laughs> by the way, interesting fact. On I have not fact checked this. Haven't run it through the Ministry of Truth with Mister Marsh yet. Go but, figure. I'm going to guess it's true. Marsh and I were never quarterbacks in high school for football. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Blaine Gabbert was. Breson,
3: weren't you like shortstop or something? I was
2: shortstop. I was for a Magnet League high school baseball team. So I was playing high school baseball, but we played in the Magnet League because I went to a preparatory school called Center for Management Law and Public Policy.
1: Magnet is just a synonym for nerd league. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. But we would play other schools, like our, our toughest opponent, John, was in baseball and all sports, visual and performing arts. They were called they were called VAPA. This, that was Center for Management Law and Public Policy versus visual and performing arts.
3: I can't imagine that the performing arts school had a very good sports teams.
0: This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert.
4: I wasn't smart enough to outthink people, so the only thing I could do was outwork people. Amen. man, that
2: dude is Todd Boating, man. Not only is he a veteran, but he does a lot of leadership consulting and coaching. And I love that because I used to say that when I was a ski guide or when I was a zipline guide. People would say, work smarter, not harder. I'm like, I'm not that smart. I have to work hard. That's just what I have to do. And I've come to, t- that's just me and that's my brain. This is what I have. It's the best brain I got and I got to make do. So I surround myself with people like Stephanie Bell, John Marsh producer Hannah and Brian, uh, Brian Housworth. Um, but talking about leadership skill sets and in the workplace right now, and we hear these stories, but with like, with a lot of things, I'm always like, eh, I don't believe it until I experience it myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So we've talked uh, you know, over the past three years since the government pandemic began, it's the, you know, quiet quitting, loud layoffs, whatever that is. And it's more and more people, uh, that maybe feel empowered, like, oh, I don't have to work as hard now. They, they're lucky to have me. But ge- is it wrong to say it's generational? And I, I, I always get skittish when I talk about this because we have generations from, like, producer Hannah to John Marsh. <laughs> and that's not an age joke, by the way, John. Uh, but we talk about generational ideas when it comes to the workplace. And I think Stephanie and I are pretty similar, but not everybody has my idea of a, what a good work ethic everybody has different ideas
1: yeah no i mean it's, it's totally different i yeah. think and you know when i was you know early in my career in fact i had an internship at the capitol and i was on a flat wait, fee. wait.
2: which career Uh, Yeah. Lawyering, the uh, politics or the broadcast. All of it. (laughs) But I mean, I was
1: I was showing up, you know, to work seven, six a.m. to get my work done before everyone else got there. And then I was doing night school. I was doing my master's. Mm -hmm. So then at six o'clock, I would, you know, go to school from six to nine. And and, and you just you don't see that these days.
2: So a lot of this stuff, you know, you see about it. And so how true is it? And then as I look around, here, my, you know i might see some generational differences when it comes to approaches at work last week having dinner with somebody who's let's say in the financial sector they're doing all of the end of the year uh employee evaluations and they're talking about what a challenge um it can be and so we got to talking and i asked him i said do you notice is there a difference between like uh, uh, the younger the, i didn't even yep didn't even finish the question my goodness, this is firm here in mid Missouri. And it's what she told me. She's, it was like everything I've heard. You have this different generation. Yeah, I don't want to, they just don't take their job as seriously. So I wanted to bring in this guy, uh, Todd Boding, tribeandtrust.com, leadership consultant, coach, and uh, a veteran. God bless you for serving our country. So, Todd, is, this is a real thing, some of this quiet quitting and the generational differences that we have in the workplace. These are real things, it sounds like.
4: Oh, it's a real thing. Okay, um, you know you, you, the the first thing that I'd really like to touch on. You, you talked about the generational difference, and I think it's important to you know to follow the science. I hate to say that in light of everything that's going on, but <laughs> biologically, mm-hmm. there is no difference from one generation to the next. We are the same, and so to say, "oh, kids these days," I mean that's a myth. And the, the reality is that you know kids these days are way more informed. Um, they have the freedom to question things more than we did. Uh, Stephanie was talking about showing up early, um, you know, getting your work in. I mean, that was a, that may have been happening during that generation, but that doesn't mean there's a difference from one generation to the next. And so the, the quiet quitting thing, I think it kind of boils down to this we all played at some point when we were growing up, we had a treasure map and we tried to get our friends to run through the neighborhood to find that X on the map and X marks the spot. Well, we're no different as individuals. We're no different as organizations. We all have an X that marks the spot. Now we're headed that way, whether we realize it or not. Well, now what's happening is companies are asking people asking these kids, Hey, I want you to help me go get to that X. And the natural reaction that these kids are saying is, hey, what's in it for me? So if you want to talk about a generational difference, that's the only thing. These kids are smart enough to at least ask that question. What's in it for me? So we're trying to apply the way we grew up in the workforce to the way these kids uh, are informed now. Yeah, And And at the same time... I'm sorry.
2: Go ahead. Uh, well, I, I was going to uh, say that the generational thing my dad told me years ago, I was a teenager, and he, was, he said there was a quote, and he read the quote about teenagers and young people are just the worst, most useless human beings or something like that. And he says, do you know who said that? I'm like, I don't know, Dad. Was it Martin Luther King? Was it, uh, was it Kennedy? <laughs> who was it?
3: It was like Plato or something. was like something. Plato
2: or Socrates. Like
3: an ancient philosopher.
2: Yeah. So it's been a thing for a while. Our guest, by the way, Todd Boding, he is with TribeandTrust.com, leadership consultant and coach discussing new employer challenges. But here's what I wonder. Um, and I believe, yeah, you show up and, and you, you do your job and you work hard and you do it until it's done. But somewhere I think there's that good balance of, because I've also seen we know people that spend too much time Network, and yes, I will do that. And I don't need to take vacation time. Oh, you need me on Saturday. La- I see that. Um, and then I see the opposite end of it. Ah, I, I'm not coming in today. They don't think I took two sick days a couple of weeks ago. It killed me because I don't ever call in sick. But mm-hmm. I had to do it. So I, I guess what I'm getting to, Todd, where is that balance between I'm working hard, I'm dedicated to the company. who's putting some money in my bank account every month. But uh, I got to keep my where's the balance
4: well, and, and, I, and I think that that's um, I mean, that's exactly where I was going a little bit ago. There, you, you cannot completely exonerate you know this generation, so to speak, and, and, and that's where I just want to be really careful. It's not a generational thing. We were all like that. I mean, as you pointed out, kids these days is a, is a phrase that's been used going back for hundreds of you know maybe thousands of years. Um, the The balance really becomes a matter of trust and what's happening in the workforce is a microcosm of our society. You've got this, you know, my side and your side. You don't hear we as much as you used to, it's always they. And so there's a complete lack of trust that until you, and that's, that's why you know, I named my organization Tribe and Trust, until you establish that trust, you can't create that tribal feel that, that you know you used to have at work and and this isn't to say that not everybody does it some organizations have figured it out you know you're talking about balance that's absolutely the right words you know it's if you're going to ask somebody to come in on the weekend if you're going to ask them to show up early help them understand why when i was in the marine corps we had you know we were given a mission every single mission that we had had two things attached to it there was a task and there was a purpose and if you clearly understood the task that's great. But it's more important to understand the, the purpose, the why. Because if, if I'm not able to accomplish the task exactly the way you want it, but I've got another way that I can accomplish that task to get that why knocked out, then haven't I really accomplished the uh, the mission? And so we don't do a good job as leaders of, of helping people understand the why. Does that make sense? So, th- so a
2: lot of this, and that, that generational stuff aside... A lot of it, maybe it falls on leadership is what you're saying. Oh,
4: there's no doubt. It all comes back to leadership. And the challenge though, in that regard, is that, I mean, typically what happens is this. You have somebody that really, they're a worker, they're a hard worker and they produce, out produce everybody and they do a great job. What do they get? They get a promotion. And that promotion is, Hey, we want you to do with the rest of the team exactly the way you did it. We want you to teach them that. Well, guess what? They may not be equipped to do that. If you're just giving them a a, a congratulations and a pat on the back and a go get them and expecting them to know how to lead those people and how to teach them, because a leader is a teacher, they're a coach, they're any number of things. If you don't equip that leadership, you're going to have the turnover ratios that we have right now, which is well in excess of 25, and actually last year it was 32% across the nation. That's, that is a direct reflection on leadership. And not helping people understand the why behind what they're asking them to do.
1: And I see that we need to develop trust from the top down, from the employer to the employee, but doesn't it have to go the other way too? Like those employees, like I need to be able to trust them to do, you know, the tasks before them. And I, so in my mind, you know, it's not so much that trust will settle it out, but it's the market, right? And I think right now you got, you're gonna, you're gonna see a huge gap. You've got your, your general Gen Z folks who aren't going above and beyond and there's a handful of folks who are and they're being rewarded very highly and I think in the end you know the people who aren't going above and beyond are going to you know top out at $50,000 a year and that's going to be their life and and it's never going to get any better and there are people who are making massive gains that are younger because they are hustling and I think those two segments are going to separate and I think the market's going to reward people who hustle
4: Oh, there's there's no doubt. It, it's, I mean, Stephanie, you're right on, on target there because, uh, you know, we were talking philosoph- uh, uh, philosophers earlier. Well, how about Mark Twain when he talked about, you know, he thought his dad was the, the, the dumbest guy on earth until he got to a certain point and he realized how smart he was. And that's what a lot of these kids, I think, are going to start to realize is that, oh, maybe I can work a little bit harder. Maybe I should work a little bit harder. And that's why I was quick to say you cannot – completely put this all on the idea that you can't exonerate the generational uh,
2: maturity aspect. Uh, t- off, yeah, all, uh, Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Todd, but I wanted to share this real quick before we let you go off our text, eight seven four ninety three ninety. 9390 Ron, in Jefferson City this morning, says it just means the hippies of the 1960s have won <laughs> this whole thing. And I think the <laughs> other thing, and, and we don't uh, uh, have a whole lot of time, but I think the other, uh, this is an, almost an entirely uh, different uh, discussion, um, is the whole thing do we want that money we want to keep? We want to work 18 hours a day and have all this money, and then what? Or do we want to, you know, at whatever financial level you need and be happy? Because different things make different people happy. Entirely another uh, question, uh, conversation we should have one time, Todd. Right. Uh, Todd Boating is joining us, Tribe and Trust. He's hanging out with us here this morning on Wake Up Mid-Missouri.
0: Todd, I think you're, you're talking about your military service in the Marine Corps. I think uh, the military and employers are having the same challenges with younger folks. The day and age of the first sergeant standing over to junior enlisted folks and saying, this is the way we're going to do it because I say so. Now, now you've got those people saying, why?
4: yeah you're you're right it's uh, i I will say this though um there's a little bit of a myth when it comes to military leadership, and that you know the picture you just gave of the first sergeant standing over the you know the young private that's what everybody thinks of when they think of military uh leadership. I will still tell you i if it wasn't for you know the marine Corps, I would be in a gutter somewhere and 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 i I almost mean that you know seriously mm-hmm. because you know they gave me. A lot of discipline. They gave me a lot of insight that I wouldn't have uh, uh, otherwise had. But what they gave me was the training and leadership to understand if you have to raise your voice to get your point across, if you have to demand that someone do it, then something else is lost in the communication. And, you know, organizations need to have a very clear vision. They need to have a very clear mission. They need to galvanize their people around that. And guess what? That means some of them, because they don't want to work hard, are going to fall off and fall to the wayside. And that's okay. You don't want those people on your team. You want to attract people to your team, not, not coerce them into staying. But that all comes from you know, the right kind of leadership. And you know, what I call the art of military leadership is knowing your troops, knowing how to communicate with them. And that communicate word is is
2: what's really big. Uh, Todd Boating, tribeandtrust.com, leadership consultant and coach discussing new employer challenges. It'd be cool to chat with you some more about this stuff. I also have, have, we've got a mutual acquaintance that apparently you, uh, even though we're not talking politics today, you, to an extent, worked for a while under President's Clinton and Bush. Be interesting to hear about that one day. Todd, thanks for joining us, man. Well,
4: thank you for having me. I'm honored. Y'all stay warm up there in
2: Missouri. All right, <laughs> tribeandtrust.com. This is Wake Up
0: Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathard. Governor Parson did a great job last year at getting them a raise. Uh, we're still at 50. So uh, we're going to work
2: to hopefully increase that. That's a Democrat Senate uh, Minority Leader John Rizzo. Uh, Complimenting. Governor Mike Parson. Uh, teacher raises last year. He says we need uh, and we need even more. I always get kind of weird on that. I think everybody should have raises. I'm like, I want to be Oprah Winfrey and you get a raise and you get a raise and you get a raise. When it comes to taxpayer dollars, it's a little uh, a little different. And I wonder what what the goings like for teachers nowadays. Anyway, because they've all been lumped into a lot of the craziness that we have seen uh, all across this uh, nation. Uh, even though it's not every single teacher that's responsible for it. Kind of an interesting legislative session getting underway today in Jefferson City now. Before that, 11 o'clock when Gary Nolan's on the air, they're going to be starting their fourth vote on trying to pick a Speaker of the House. Meanwhile, here in Missouri, I thought this was so cool. Uh, Yesterday, Andrew Bailey... It was recently here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri, sworn in officially as the Attorney General for the state of Missouri taking over for Eric Schmidt, sworn in in the U.S. Senate yesterday. And if you're not on Twitter, it might be. It's worth getting onto Twitter to check out Eric Schmidt's uh, boots Uh, he's been wearing around D.C. the past couple of days, giving Sarah Walsh a run for her money, by the way.
1: They aren't red, but they are decorated. <laughs>
2: They're pretty cool. So yesterday, Andrew Bailey being sworn in. Now, this is in the Capitol, so it's out there, you know, in the lobby, so it's not the best audio, but you can hear something cute happening on the way to the Attorney General's office.
4: Faithfully demean myself. And I will faithfully demean myself. In the office of
1: Attorney General. In the office of Attorney General. So help me God. So help me God. Congratulations. But I I, I could, not, could not. I don't know who was do who was doing this swearing f- in.
2: Thinking um, that it was the wife, maybe next to Mister Bailey, uh, but you can you can hear there at the very end. Congratulations, congratulations! That is just so sweet. I mean, that's a pretty profound thing. I mean, when you talk about anything, and it's a it's an elected position, you're in the capital of the state of Missouri, and you are being sworn in. You got your hand in a Bible, you're in front of a, a judge, and you're doing all, and you got.
4: And somebody says, way to
2: go. Good job. I love that.